0: Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hello, Don. Question for the day. Go. Have you ever been stuck in dreamland? Oh. You you know what I mean? Like, uh, have you ever just had a big vision, and you didn't act on it, and it just sort of bothered you, and it died on the vine?
1: That, Interesting. Does that makes sense? Uh, yes, totally. For me, actually, I'm kind of one of those people who actually believes most things can get done. So <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure if there's – I would say even the things that are still, quote, unquote, in dreamland in my mind, I still believe one day I will get to them. But I would say probably – Let me pause because yeah. I'm
0: curious about this. Like I literally have people – who I'll say the things that I want to do, and I'll find out later they walked away and they actually went. Is he crazy? Yeah, Is yeah. he absolutely yes. nuts?
1: I'm sure there are, but I've also done enough things that people believe me now that it's good. Like you're gonna try. So yeah. here's an example. So probably about now, seven or eight years ago, my brothers and I were sitting around. I have two brothers, joking, cracking up, like just laughing, and our conversation got recorded. And somebody sent those to us and they were like, you actually need to do a TV show. Like you need to do a TV show. You need to do a radio show. And that just kind of sat with me for a while. And I was like, I'm going to make this happen. (laughs) So for years, it was in my head, just kind of mulling, mulling, mulling. It came to a point where I was like, If I don't do this, I think I'm going to regret it. So I'm going to try. And I had no production experience. I'd been on TV and done some film stuff before, but I'd never done like creative side of things. So I came up with this idea where my brothers and I, The show was called Bad A Brothers. I remember that Yeah, it's like when we we met, you were doing this. Yes, I was doing this. This is actually what brought me to Story Branch to begin with. It was called Bad A Brothers. And the premise was my brothers and I are so not Bad A that we can't say the word. Because he's like a pastor, right? All three of us were (laughs) ordained at one point. And so we're really not Bad A at all. And we want to up our Bad A reputation. And the way that we do that is by traveling around the United States and finding those old weird laws that are still on the books, like you can't cross the Minnesota border with a duck on your head and we would <laughs> that's a real one or you can't have an ice cream cone what's in your the, back pocket in atlanta What? what's the explanation and for the duck thing i actually didn't ever find out the atlanta one is really interesting because it was a way you couldn't take a horse onto your property but if a horse followed you onto your property then it was yours and so it was a way of stealing horses you put, you put mean, an ice cream, cone, ice in cream back- cone in your back pocket and a horse would follow you onto your property that's why yours.
0: you can't have pliers in your back pocket in texas did you know that? No. Because what? you cut barbed wire fences and steal people's horses. Oh, really? Horses. Yeah. I believe <laughs> it's still in the books. Yeah. So those are the allowed. kind of
1: laws that yeah. we would look up, and we would go research the history behind it and all of that, and then we would break those laws to be more bad <laughs> And so we, we, we wanted I to do was, that's
0: that. A, I can see it in my head. Because you're know, like, you know and Here's somebody who was actually arrested for this. Yeah, and yeah. Like, could be the old black and white photo. And because
1: we're still, you know, we can't say the word. Like, we would pay the fines. One of the biggest ones was you can't take more than 100 sheep down Hollywood Boulevard that, that was going to be the season finale. That's
0: probably still a law. It is. They all are. Like <laughs> well, all of I mean, these laws I, I, are still a good law. You say that, <laughs> but sheep. I could find a way to make it
1: fun. And so, but we would pay the fines. You can't have a rhinoceros unless it's tied up in Chino, California. Sense. Things like that. There's a fine for detonating a nuclear bomb. It's a fine.
0: And you guys were going to do that?
1: No, but we were going to talk about it and
0: figure out. <laughs> we did. That was that's anyway, a great episode. So we were like, I like researched not returning this. for season three. Bad yeah, yeah, a brothers. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah.
0: actually. Were actually injured yeah, in the. Yeah. <laughs> you could interview Kim Jong Un on that one.
1: Yeah, but he's not part of the Bad A Brothers. But so we would go he through all of this. Be. He wants to be so bad, <laughs> and so we would we would do this. And I actually got to the point where it's like, okay. We talked about it. We joked about it. And then it was like, no, I need to make it happen. And I had no idea how to make it happen because I had not been in production. So I started gathering people around me who understood how the process worked. The guy who actually did the documentary on the followed Kiss around on their last tour and did a documentary of their concert, he filmed the Bad A Brother pilot. Makes (laughs) sense. Makes complete sense. Yeah, total sense. (laughs) sense. Like I was, yeah, we were the same as Kiss. And so- (laughs) We did that and got it and ended up meeting with a whole bunch of production companies, Oprah's... It
0: was like History Channel and... Well,
1: first we had to meet with production companies. That was like step one, which I didn't know. You don't go directly to the stations, oh. you go to production companies. So we met with like Oprah's old producer, which was really fun and a whole bunch. We picked a company, people that do like Hogan's Node Best and all these other reality shows. Yeah. We picked them, then we ended up filming some more with them, and then from there went and started pitching it to networks and got all the way like up in with Discovery Channel and History Channel and True TV and everything. And then we kind of decided to go one direction and a certain network which shall be unnamed got it and then their lawyers killed it and because they didn't want to be associated with breaking laws and so then it got tabled and but between <laughs> But
0: they probably own it now. You can't get no, it. No, I now.
1: have it back now. Oh, contract you do. expired. So I was under contract with them do for it. 2 years. Make it happen. I know. Well, now it's like the new thing. It's like, okay, now do I make it happen? <laughs> but that's me like I kind of I might dwell so on something somebody, for a few years. So you're somebody but you make few it, you, years. you do it. Like I can remember going who makes television shows? Well, somebody does, and it might as well be
0: me. (laughs) I've had those conversations with myself. (laughs) Somebody has to. Somebody has to, so
1: why not make it happen? I can learn how to do this. That's interesting. actually, I came to StoryBrand after we had sold to the production company, but we were signed with the production company, and we were going to networks, and I came to StoryBrand to figure out how to brand that show to go to networks. That's right. And then that's when... we
0: discovered you had talent.
1: And that's when I was like, oh, this is amazing. So then after we had kind of gone to the network Phase and now we we're in contracts with them and all that stuff. That's when I was kind of like just sitting twiddling my thumbs. And I'm like, Why don't I we keep stole coming, you? Why don't I keep coming back out to Nashville and <laughs> hanging out with you guys? And, and the rest is history. The rest is
0: history. Now you have an award winning. Podcast. The
1: award-winning. Who gave us an award?
0: I don't know, but I'm, you know, if you just say it, people assume. An award winning. You state your vision and then yeah. you, you know what happens later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're well, going to make it happen. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the point <laughs> of this. Is no. like, are there, there takes, awards? Oh, oh I'm we
0: sure we there are. We should absolutely I'm get sure one. there are. I believe. I think we deserve yeah, one.
1: Yeah. I will probably be on the VMAs next year.
0: <laughs> I would think. This episode is about really four people who dream but don't do it. You know, who have like, I wanna do this thing, I wanna write a book, yeah. or I wanna start a company, or I wanna launch a product, and they don't do it. Yeah. Cause we actually interview Chase Reeves. He he runs a company called Fizzle out in Portland, Oregon. I think they're in Portland and San Francisco. And he takes entrepreneurs and they take them kind of through the first year of actually getting their project off the ground. Yeah. And I was surprised, we actually flew out to Portland to interview Chase about how much of this is psychological. So a lot of it task. you gotta sit down, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. But a lot of it is just encouragement and inspiration and being involved in communities who are actually doing things. The hard thing with this introduction is neither you and I are this way. We're sort of stupid the other way. (laughs) We we
1: just go for it. Exactly. Figured out along the way.
0: Ridiculous. I want to be a kicker in the NFL. I can do it. All you need is legs. Yeah, I'm in. You can do that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I'm the guy that people roll their eyes at. You're you're not going to do that. Anyway, but I think it would be a miserable life to really just be stuck with this idea of, of I want to get this thing done. But then to not know what to do about it. And and you and I, before we started recording here, we talked about two things that I think are really important. And Chase gets into a lot of them. But one of them I just want to really emphasize because I don't want anybody listening to have a vision and not go for it. Yeah. And one of them, the reasons I think that you and I may do some things and some of the folks that we know get some things done is they're completely okay with the process being messy. Yep. That's yeah. a huge paradigm shift for some people.
1: Yeah. You that, need to have it all figured out before you get going. Yeah, you're not no. going to have it no. all figured out. And if you try to figure it out before you
0: get going, you're going to get halfway in there and you're going to realize, I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't figure out anything. I did all this strategy and planning and everything shifted on me. There was a season of my life where, I just kept saying to myself, keep your legs moving. Yeah. I think I got it from a, watching a football game where, there was you know, this guy's been tackled three times now, but he just kept his legs moving, and somehow he got out of it. Yeah. Most of the time they're going to bring you down, but if you keep your legs moving, there's this percentage chance that you're going to squirt through something yeah. and get out of here yeah. and get in the end zone. And so it's like just keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. And then the other part is, and, you know, we've probably already talked about this on the podcast, was be okay with failure. Yep. You just have to be okay.
1: I think that's one of the biggest things is people stop moving because they're so afraid of failure. And failure is not the worst thing. (laughs) No, I,
0: I see failure as part of the path forward.
1: You don't want to always fail. <laughs> I mean, failure isn't your failure you isn't your destination. A couple it's, points
0: on the scoreboard. It, yeah,
1: it, it could be a stop along the journey. Failure yeah. is not the destination, so don't think when we say failure is not. You know, failure is not bad. You got no failure is not ideal, and it's not where you end. It's a point along the journey. It's not the destination, but think of it as a point, not as now the stream is done.
0: Failure has never cost me anything. Yep. I mean, I remember um, I lost pretty much everything in an investment, and. Really, was like the devil and the angel were on mm-hmm. my shoulders, right? The devil's yeah. going, you are a loser. You make bad decisions. And the angel was just going, you know, you can learn from this. Let's write down what you learned and keep yeah. going. And angel thankfully won out. And yes. everything that I now get the pleasure of experiencing, StoryBrand and this company and even the framework, all of that would not have happened if I hadn't lost all my money in yeah. an investment. Yep. You know, what was that, five years ago, I think. That was the best day of my life. Yeah, (laughs) But somehow there was this inkling even then that I knew it. I mean, I was depressed. Don't get me wrong. I'm crying myself to sleep at night. But there was also this just tiny little whispers going, this is going to be the best day of your life. So I think that we kind of have to have that mentality. And, man, you know, if you don't try, you don't fail. And if you don't try, you don't live. So I think we have to be okay moving forward and failing and also being okay with the messy But I want everybody listening to just get in your brain, what's the thing? You know, you're going to start a bakery, you're (laughs) going to run for city council, what are you going to do? You know, what's it in the back of your brain that you were thinking about doing? My wife and I are very different. I'm okay with sort of medium risk. I'm not a high-risk guy. Mm -hmm. My wife is a no-risk person, (laughs) and she's very strategic, and she just doesn't make very many mistakes because she's so strategic. And I'm watching her now launch this foundation. And we just do things so differently, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: you know? And she's like, well, what will, you know, cause there's gonna be interns involved, you know, there are going to be executive uh, mentors and all this kind of stuff that we're providing for these mentors. And I'm literally like, you have dinner four times a year. You bring in the exactly ask some questions. you you know, you know she's like, no, but there's this organization that'll help us get legal. I'm like, we'll get legal in the process. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I have to be very quiet because yeah. ultimately, I'll be the one in jail. Yeah. Should we, should we- <laughs> but you know, I think it takes all kinds. But so this episode is for the folks who are, for those who have these big dreams and just aren't doing anything with them and yeah. you're just looking for permission or for next steps those kinds yeah. of things and chase has been kind enough to offer a little free trial thing that jj you and i will talk about at the end yeah. but i want to get right to it we were able to set up in chase's home and talk to him about how to take big dreams especially entrepreneurial dreams and make them happen Chase, welcome to Building a Story Brand.
2: Hey, Donald Miller, how are you? Co-founder of fizzle.co. That's right. Not fizzle.com. Not fizzle.com. That's Co. A chic somewhere who doesn't sell domains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Despite your emails, your constant yeah, emails. That's right. You guys have a little business here that helps little businesses. I do. You actually have sort of a coaching platform. You have over 100 online courses on how to get started, how to scale up a small business for people who are really confused about how to get that thing done. Mm. And we talked a little bit earlier, some of the main problems that your clients actually have, one is motivation. Mm. Just don't feel like getting up in the morning or what's the well, issue when there?
2: So a lot, of, a lot of people these days are starting up small businesses of yep. some kind on the side. Some people call them side hustles or things like that. And even when it's, it's your full-time gig, mm-hmm. You work for yourself for the first time. I mean, how long ago was it that you started working for yourself?
0: Oh, uh, close to twenty five years. Ago. Do you
2: remember like <laughs> what that season was like when you started going like I'm a writer now. I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna pick my own hours. I'm like, you know you've got to get something done. You got to get something done in the day. <laughs>
0: but you've got all day to do it. Yeah. So you can take a bike ride yeah. or you can go to the coffee shop or you yeah. can get together with a friend. And totally. at some point you got to do this thing. And at the end of the day you go to bed you didn't do anything. No, you didn't do anything. That's life 25 years ago. That is not life now. Imagine
2: life with Facebook, Instagram <laughs> and uh, and all the social media right now. And I get it. Because actually, like,
0: I was kind of judgmental when I saw that you guys helped me with motivation because I'm like, if you're not motivated, quit. Yeah, why are you even yeah, in this? Totally. Why are you subscribing to anything? Yeah, totally. but now, I, now I actually remember 25 years
2: ago. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. And that's my story too. You know, my story was also like, I've always had a lot of potential and I've always felt like I, I've had confidence and potential. Right. And not till recently, I'd say, did I feel like I was ever doing what I feel like I should be doing. Mm. Where, like I was getting the results I should be getting or I, like I should be... You're I in wanted, your sweet spot a little bit. I wanted to be making something or doing something or being known as something. And it wasn't quite doing it. And I was like, kind of coming down really hard on myself, mm. going like, you're not motivated enough or you don't have enough vision or clarity or, you know, I, I just didn't know what it was. I didn't have the conviction and stuff like that. That's part of the journey, isn't it? Like, that's part, part of the journey. Because people think
0: they're supposed to wake up motivated or they're gonna yeah. get motivated or there's something wrong. But yeah. you actually
2: have to find the thing that and motivates you to take some time. That's what Fizzle does. You come to Fizzle when you're like, I want this direction. I'm not entirely sure what the specifics are yet, but these guys have a place for me to figure that out with other people or on my own. So people will sometimes come to Fizzle and they don't exactly know what their
0: business is Mm -hmm. going to be. They don't have a business model they may even still be searching for an idea. They yeah. just know they hate their job and they yeah. were, they've got an entrepreneurial instinct and it's not being used. Yeah, and they, they don't want like that.
2: They don't want the BS. Like, I like Gary Vaynerchuk a lot, but it's just like, Gary Vaynerchuk is like, this is Gary Vaynerchuk and all you have to do is not sleep ever. That's it. You never <laughs> sleep. And when everybody goes to sleep, that's when you wake up. But you haven't been asleep, so you don't even have to wake up because you're already just going. You keep going and you keep doing it. And when they try to do something, you do it 10 times better and 10 times more. Relentlessness is his skill. It's his <laughs> skill. It's his skill. A lot of people learn a lot from Gary
0: Vee, and they want to be like him. And I look at him and go, "No, that's not your thing. Yeah, you're never gonna do that." I I agree with that. Yeah, so so you help people figure out their thing. I help people figure
2: out that stuff without the BS of, uh, and it's not me. It's my my co-founder Corbett Barr, Steph Crowder, who runs our like she's like the den mama of our community because it's courses and the community part, right? right? So because this takes by necessity, it takes time. And I mean, what I was trained as a pastor from back in the day. Like I, I say, Jesus and I sort of have an open relationship now. But what still remains the same is I care so much about, how people feel about their lives. I, basically about calling. Like, I hated that word, calling. And now I'm like, I'm into it. Vocation, calling, the Parker Palmer sort of vibe. you believe of, in
0: that? You believe that you were predestined in the I, womb to n- be n- a
2: guy who runs Fizzle? Not in the same way, but there's almost like there's this contract that I have, my being has, that's like, I've got stuff in me to get out, and I'm frustrated when it's not coming out. And I'm, when, I'm, when I'm not playing at a level that I feel like I should be playing at, mm-hmm. like, it just starts building up like plaque in my system that's what mine looks like and i think a lot of us who want to be making things in the world it feels like that but we don't know exactly what direction to go and what our chances are i think you're describing
0: a smaller percentage of people mm. cuz i don't think everybody's wired that way yeah yeah maybe but you know i'm going to take this a little bit let's go maybe a little bit weird let's go hey yes I've, I've,
2: we're getting I've, done I've... <laughs> to get weird i like this
0: <laughs> but i kind of believe that the people who are wired that way have a responsibility to lead yeah yeah i, mean, I literally think there are people who they're just wired to not follow necessarily. Yeah, You know, you talk to my wife and you yeah. say, what is life about? She's going to say friends, family, relationships, yeah. good food, yeah. connecting. Yeah. Totally. And I'm going to go, <laughs> okay. do you know how, that's a bankrupt system? You now, will never make money doing that.
2: How do you get to the 50-yard line of a football game doing that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, you know, wait, somebody has to like build the house that that lives yeah, in yeah. And somebody has totally. to have the yeah. government <laughs> exactly. that surprises the system that that beautiful exactly. thing can happen
2: in. Exactly. And yes, we are lesser human beings and we're, we're scum of the earth but yeah. without us, you know, yeah. nobody leads. There's no roof. There's no roof. <laughs> and you're right. And I think there's a lot of different varying degrees of that. So from my own experience, I could have been a total jerk yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think depending on who you talk to, they're like, well, you nailed it. You are a totally. <laughs> but I'm serious about my family and I'm serious about my friends and my relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. and my loyalties, you know?
0: But you're also serious about something else. And, I, you know, I've, yeah. I've known you for a long time. You really believe that you're supposed to put a mark on the world. Yeah, I think a lot of that stuff is half and half. It's half yeah. of our, hey, I want to be... Important, right? Yeah. yeah. That's part
2: of it. And the other part is literally a service. Because, dude, when that comes from a place that isn't just insecurity, it's really powerful.
0: And I think all motives are mixed. People are like, don't have ill motives. Give give me a break. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the percentage chance that we can get over to the service part, like Jim Collins talks about and all that. Totally. Anyway, the the whole point I'm trying to make in in what you're saying is because you're resonating with me is I think there are people who are listening to this podcast who have something burning inside of them. And I'm actually saying, I don't think it's a dream or a wish. I think it's a responsibility. Yeah. There are people who's- I absolutely agree. Dinner doesn't hit their table unless you do this.
2: And not just from the financial put food on the table kind of place, but from the place of like who I noticed was paying my bills. Like I was finishing my work moody because I wasn't getting the stuff done that I needed to get done. Right. Because I wasn't like pursuing my thing the way that I needed to you be were, pursuing yeah, it.
0: You were back in the corporate world. You were building all sorts of- I was in the startup world. I yeah, was a yeah. designer
2: kid. I was in agencies and stuff like that. And so-
0: Did you know it was supposed to be you at the head? Not necessarily, have, but like partnering you ownership?
2: I think I'm just now coming to terms with that to feel like I think I'm realizing now that I'm like, no, I'm a chief. Like I'm not a big chief. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like the main chief, but like I'm a chief. Like I have ownership and I have- uh, You're mid thirties or late thirties? Mid thirties, 35. Yes, that's the age that happened to me. Yeah. Is it get better?
0: You or? know what? I, I actually have a theory. It's when oh. we see our parents start to go into retirement, yeah. that that triggers something. It's like, oh, it's ours now. It's ours. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have to drive yeah. this car. Totally. Like, totally. Like, we have to, Man. Yeah. They're, they're going into the backseat and yeah. somebody has to drive this car. Totally. And we get real arrogant for a phase. <laughs> well, it should have been done this way.
2: Maybe you your 40s and you like, I don't yeah, know. You don't know anything. We're just trying to make totally. it work. I yeah. have no idea. It's so funny how much you, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. Literally like, my, like when my
0: mom retired, I couldn't complain about the world anymore. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't say, oh, the government.
2: Yeah. No, it's your government. It's like, get involved.
0: Yeah. Well, no, yet. Yeah, you voted for them. Yeah. You, you know? Totally. Yeah. that whole thing. Totally. Okay. So that said, foundation, right? Yeah. You have a responsibility yeah. to do this thing yeah. that is in you to do. Yeah. I don't want to get into the spiritual realm of it, but I think mm-hmm. I, my theory is, and yeah. I have no proof that there is this God who says, I have chosen you to lead this yeah. thing. So stop yeah. complaining and start changing.
2: I'd say, the the my works. theory is no, that, that God is in you going, like, this is not what we need to be satisfied. This is not what we were promised. This sense of like, that's when I say calling or vocation, I don't mean a specific thing at all. I mean a specific sort of like, almost frequency of experience. Right. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, dude, this is awesome. This is cool. Like, look at who I get to wake up next to. Look at the way my daughter looks. Oh man, look at the challenges I get to face today. It's gratitude. An
0: awareness of that. Yeah. But I want to talk about basically some foundational ideas. You're talking to somebody who goes, I got a vision. I'm in the corporate world. I'm not liking it. I'd like to do a side hustle. I'd like to maybe quit and start my own thing. I'm going to start at the very beginning because we're going to go through four or five things that you teach all your your members. And the big thing is actually choosing the right thing. And you said this when we were talking kind of pre-show. If you can't feel it now you won't feel it later. Yeah, so, so... That's like choosing the right path, right? It's,
2: this is such a challenging question, right? How do you define success? Right. Whenever we ask that question, I want us to make sure that we go like, what is success to you? Because right. it really is this like very personal thing. Because otherwise, we just go Webster's Dictionary, success, and it's like a picture of Tony Robbins or something like that. And yeah. you're just like, okay, well, then I got to have this kind of organization. I got to have this kind of lifestyle. Yeah. I got to have this kind of goals. I got to th- have this kind of thing. And it's like, well, success, I think we can be really bamboozled by our modern culture for, I don't want to sound like I'm on some soapbox, but it just feels like my whole life, it was pressured onto me. It was like embedded into me that like either it's wealth or it's respect that are what make you, now you're a success. People know you and you have enough money to do the things you want to do. That's success. right? And I never really defined it for myself beyond that. I just kind of ran with it. And I noticed over time, never quite feeling successful. <laughs> and I was just like, what? Even though
0: some of those things were happening. Some
2: yeah. of those things, yeah. Like, this is what I, what I say is like, you, you know you're in a bad spot when like people around you are like, dude, you must feel awesome. You're like crushing it. And you're like, what do you mean? Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. Right. Look what he has. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that to me is like- How much of that is necessary for Motive to Drive?
0: And I don't how much think do you, it's necessary at all. That's interesting.
2: I don't think it's necessary- at all. In fact, I think it's a toxic, toxic place for because me what? personally, because all it does is it kicks up dust and silt and it clouds my vision and it makes me react from a place of, of anxiety and fear instead of a place of constance and vision and Just consistency and habit form from the behavior. inside out. What I always say is like, when your vision flows from what's inside of you and what you know you want on like a deep down level everything changes and most of us like what we were talking in the previous part of the show we're just like i don't know what that thing is and what i didn't know is that it takes time of looking for it and spending time looking for it that's where you find it's not like a thing you wake up in the morning and go i know what i'm gonna do you know it's just not and i was waiting for that I was waiting for like, I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian a little bit, but there's a lot about comedy I don't like. But I was like being really hard on myself because look, you don't have the motivation or the vision or the strength to go do that. When really it's like, no, I'm just not convinced that's exactly what I want to do. What I like is being in front of people saying funny things and making them cry too. Like <laughs> I like that part. Mm-hmm. Like show me more of like, what's that thing too? Yeah. Right? So we, you
0: and I've had that conversation and you haven't quite figured out what that is. We've right. had a bunch of conversations. Like, I don't know what that is.
2: Yeah, so I mean, maybe somebody out there is like thinking like, yeah, I've got this thing that I'd really like to do, but it's it feels like so much resistance. Like for me, thinking about comedy, it's always felt like so much resistance. So I started making a list about like, what don't I like about comedy? Because I don't like leaving my family in the evening time. It's to go, dark, it can be a dark world. To go sit in line yeah. to get on stage somewhere in front of people that I don't know who they are, where they're from, and they don't care about me, and I don't care about them. I don't like a lot about comedy, but I do like standing on stage, getting that direct feedback on the material that you're working on, getting the ability to workshop material, material that is doing what it is telling truths and making us laugh about things that are true about us that we're uncomfortable
0: about. we are talking about an exercise for everybody to be able to translate it, where you're actually kind of meditating and focusing a little bit on what lights you up.
2: Yeah. You're looking for what literally turns you
0: on. And then you try to find some sort of thing that you can create, that, that yeah. you can play that role inside
2: of it. But it's not, it's like what it's been for me is I like just hold that lit upness. Oh, that's so cool that that turns me on. Like, I wonder if I'll get to head in those kinds of directions. And I hope I do. I've got work to do here now. And what do I like about that that I can start pulling into what's happening right now yeah. without... I have to go be a comedian. You know, I I basically almost had like a mental breakdown because I was going to force myself to be a comedian. (laughs) I went and did an open mic night and it was nightmare, like nightmare. (laughs) But it was also amazing. It was really amazing, but it was a total nightmare, right? Because I was in this season of just like, I'm going to grunt this out. I'm going to force it. Force it. There's this book that I haven't read yet, but I've been listening to this guy called uh, David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins. He has this book. All I know is the title, Power Versus Force. And I don't know, to me, I'm like, yeah, yes, something there. Yeah. It's, what's it's, the difference between power and force? And like, I want to live out of power. And power grows over time gently. And that's where, when we're talking about motivation, when we're talking about starting up a business, when we're starting up uh, some sort of thing we want to be. I'm like, don't force this, honor the things that are flowing from that's inside That's interesting you.
0: because we're in Portland, Oregon right now. Yeah. I spent four days driving out here. I listened to a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Mm, and mm. unfortunately, I can't remember the author's name. Probably half the audience has read it. It's 30 million copies have sold. I'm wow. the last guy, like wow. it came out in 1970. Yeah, yeah. The last guy to read this book. <laughs> totally. Everybody's succeeding around me. Yeah, and I'm like, totally. well, how did you do that? Yeah. But he talks about how the subconscious is basically a guiding factor in the brain. Yeah. And you have a servo mechanism that if you embed in your subconscious some sort of vision of your future, your servo mechanism will always autocorrect toward that vision. Mm. So negative thinking is bad. Because yeah. negative thinking, your servo mechanism auto corrects toward this dark vision. It doesn't know. Yeah. It doesn't know what's good or bad. Yeah. Your subconscious. It just goes, Well, you keep thinking about this, so let's head there. Yeah. I actually said to my wife, is that this explains so much about yeah. kind of my life because when I was in high school I just envisioned myself as a writer all the time. I mean, something hijacked my brain, and I could just mm. see it. And ten yeah. years later, I actually wrote down: "You will be a New York Times bestselling author. You will live in Oregon." I mm. and you know I lived in Texas at the yeah. time. So you were like, it, like coming ten you, years later. I live in Oregon, and I'm a New York Times. Bestselling it was author. like
2: it was almost like it was coming through you in some way. Well, it was just the rudder in the
0: subconscious decides yeah. where you're going to go.
2: Yeah, and, and but you actually, had the
0: conviction, like something it, about yeah, it was, a it was like you it were wasn't convinced. a meditative exercise, yeah. which he recommends, and mm-hmm. it sounds like something that you're doing definitely, and then you know, before I got in writing, I was in business, Mm -hmm. you know, writing takes off and I'm a writer, but the whole time I'm a writer, I'm just going, I want to be back in business. I want to run a business. Like the, the writing is nice. Yeah. And now it's politics, so I can find myself, yeah. you're gonna be in politics somehow, some way, maybe yeah. not as an elected official, but in some way, totally. because that's where the leverage is. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody calls and you take the call because you're like, oh, this is that thing where I go into politics, yeah. where if you hadn't had that subconscious realization, totally. you wouldn't have taken the call.
2: Because what you're doing is you're noticing what is interesting to you, what is lighting you up, you what go. is turning yeah. you on, you know what I mean? You're noticing it, and I think that's a little bit sacred. That li- Just to hold that for all of us, just to like, hold that a little bit and go like, dude, that's a piece of light in me, and i I'm not going to stomp on that thing. No matter what my mom or dad or pastor said, I'm not going to stomp on that thing. Yeah. Because that is holy. That's where I want people to come from. And like my favorite, you know, priestess of this world is Elizabeth Gilbert. Like you just listen to Big Magic. Just get that audio book. Just listen to that. You're you're going to be in this mode. Okay. You know? That's
0: interesting. We could go on a whole other tangent about when you say that's holy. I think a lot of us grew up in sort of institutionalized religious environments that so limit... Mm the calling, the spiritual divine calling of human beings to like four categories when there are 750 categories. Yeah,
2: and it's just like saying like, there's only one holy plant. That's like this one, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, no, look around, (laughs) look at the diversity, look at the crazy randomness of this whole thing and feel the delight of God in it.
0: I'll be back with the rest of my interview with Chase Reeves in just a moment. Well, it's another segment of Marketing Mythbusters with Kula Callahan. Hi, Kula. Hey, Don. What is today's marketing myth?
3: Today's is really fun. Okay. The myth is this. Your brand should not pick a fight.
0: Ooh, should it? (laughs) I wouldn't think so.
3: Well, here's the thing. All human beings love to unite against something bad. Yeah. And whether you want to admit it or not, your brand's story has a villain. So whether or not you are a time management software or a toothbrush company, or a company that sells batteries. Every brand has a villain.
0: It makes a lot of sense because in stories, the villain is a critical character because it unites everybody to go take down that whatever. Absolutely. You know, if your brand says, hey, we're going to take down X on your behalf or we're going to, you know, invite you and equip you to take down X – It unites people, gives them a cause, and it makes narrative sense. Totally.
3: And it allows them to more intimately engage with what you offer as a brand. So if you are selling toothbrushes, right? Toothbrushes aren't super sexy, but if they take down really ugly, scary plaque in your teeth, that's yeah. something I want to be a part of. We're that's, defeating bad guys yeah. with is my Is that toothbrush? why they do
0: like the animation and cartoons where they'll make like that the, is
3: totally <laughs> why. the
0: roaches in your kitchen yes, come together? Yes, absolutely.
3: So if you think about going back to the framework, right? We have a character with a problem and there's three levels of problem. Yeah. And if you come to a workshop we'll explain that more in depth. But the villain is what causes the problems. The root
0: cause of the external, internal, and philosophical. And I remember when we were actually dealing with this with StoryBrand we were trying to figure out what our enemy is and it's noise Right. so our customers are up against noise and if they can take down noise and communicate clearly more customers will engage in their whatever it is that they're selling or their Absolutely. message you know, we talk about defeating noise all the time. And if you read my new book, it's all about defeating clutter and noise. And right. so it just gives a sort of narrative framework to your message and a great reason for your customers to buy your product because now not only are they going to accomplish something really nice in their life, they're going to take down this enemy.
3: Absolutely. They're going to stand for something good and unite with other people in this fight for the good in the world.
0: All right. Well, you sold me on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the couple things that I do want to point out, One is, don't have a bunch of enemies, don't have a bunch of villains, have one. I mean, you know, pick one. You're like, Don, we defeat all sorts of things with my brand. I know that. But if you have a story with 25 villains, it deludes the story and you delude the... Focus of the evil, right? You That's really, a
3: movie people will walk out of. That,
0: exactly. And they'll walk out on your brand too. They'll be like, I don't get that. They like defeat all sorts of stuff. So you really just want to keep talking about you know what? We keep you from procrastination. We're gonna take down procrastination. Right. Procrastination is no longer gonna ruin your life. And you become known as the company that takes down procrastination with your time management software, whatever. Absolutely. So you know, the exercise for all the business leaders listening is what's the villain that is causing all of your customers problems and then start talking about how your products can take down that villain. So your customers don't have that problem. And all of a sudden you start making a lot of sense. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on.
3: Thanks for having me. This was
0: a good one. If you want to know more about villains, external, internal, philosophical problems, if you want to know more about how you should position yourself as a guide and why, if you position your brand as the hero, you are going to lose a ton of money, my new book is out soon. It's called Building a Story Brand. You can pre-order it right now on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I think it's just a couple weeks away. So go grab it right now. It's called Building a Story Brand. How to clarify your message so customers listen and you can get it right now. And in my opinion, I think it's as good as an MBA, but a lot cheaper, 24 bucks. Take that, Harvard. Grab it today. You say we move from half to to get to. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a long time since I've woken up going, I'm out of my window. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even remember the last time and it's led to so much happiness and joy and yeah. sort of stability. I wake up every morning, I go, I, even if it's something I don't wanna do that yeah, day, uh-huh. but I still get to do it. Yeah, totally. And I wanna help us understand how do we get from have to to get to, because now we go, okay, Chase, I got it. Mm-hmm. I realized this is something that I wanna do. I can't f- figure out quite how it fits business-wise, yeah. but I know this is what lights me up. So how do I move into now, every morning I'm waking up and I'm putting a little something on the plot. Yeah,
2: well, first of all, you can be New York Times bestselling author Donald Miller and you can wake up in his beautiful home in Nashville next to his beautiful wife. And you can go, I get to do this all day today. <laughs> and, for, and for a small fee, you can. For a small fee, you can live that life. <laughs> uh, but for the, for the rest of us, we don't feel that yet. What I found personally as the, and I'm really surprised by how well this worked for me personally. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how... I mean, I'm someone who's worked on myself, like, a lot. Very dogmatically, religiously looking for self-awareness for, like, most of my life. And there was this thing I started doing where I just did this kind of gratitude journaling every day. Right. Like... You may have heard of the five minute journal. I was just doing it myself in a plain notebook. I would have my projects I'd be doing on the left hand of the page, and on the right hand, I just write everything I'm thankful for. I'm just writing things I'm grateful for. And started out with things in my life. Like there's this one time I was sitting down, I was actually meditating. My son came into the room, and he's always loving to mess with me when I'm meditating. And just like when he was walking away, the way the sun just hit his leg, like as he was turning the corner, and my parents, I was just like, I love that kid. Like, yeah. I love that leg. Life like, just that little part of his leg. I just love his leg. Another time, I was sitting under. He made this, like, fort in his room. his blankets just on stuff. And, and I was in there waiting for him. I was like, I'll get in here and wait for you because he had to go, like, brush his teeth and pee and get ready for bed. And I was in there, and I was just, you know, going through Instagram or something. And he comes in, and he goes, Dad this is a no phone zone. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, dude, those are all that kind of stuff in my, in my mentality if we get to, but then I started including and folding in stuff from my work. And I was at a season, you know, I, I co-founded Fizzle with, with one of my best friends, Corbett Barr. And it's a successful business, right? And yet there's things that you have to do to run a successful business with a small team that, A lot of times it can feel like, is this the direction we want to be going? Like, what is going on? And you don't want to, like, stop the whole thing and move the whole ship in a completely different direction. But at the same time, you, like, feel like it, you know? So I started folding in things that I actually am grateful for at Fizzle when I was in a season of not feeling particularly, like, you know, on fire about doing the work we were doing there. And I was like, dude, I get to work with Corbin. I get to work with Steph. These people make space for me. They really do. Again, we call it fizzle because most businesses fizzle out, right? And these are people who are putting their butt on the line to try to build something. And they know it might not work, right? And I'm like, I love that I get to work with this kind of person.
0: It's almost it like you that. have the spotlight in your brain and you can shine it on what you want. Absolutely You that. can shine it on something negative, shine it on something positive, but that will and it guide takes, your day. And
2: it takes a tiny little bit of effort just to be conscious of the fact of like, what do I want to shine it on?
0: All right, and one— Choose the right things. You got to figure out what lights you up, what you enjoy. Move into putting something on it every day. Have a grateful attitude about it. The second thing that you talk about, I don't know how you word it, but as you said it, I said start with the climactic scene in mind. Yeah. So when somebody sits down to write a screenplay, Normally, they would start with the scene where all the conflict is resolved and mm. the hero mm. finds redemption. Yeah. And then
2: they reverse engineer totally. to get the guy there. Which is so brilliant, right? That's no, like, it's, it's the only way to write. I go the other way all the time. I'm like, let's start at the beginning. There <laughs> yeah. is a kid who wants to learn karate, and there is an old man. Where is the story going? <laughs> well, every mountain comes to a point. Yeah. There is a so point true. on
0: the mountain that is the tallest. And if you don't know where that is, you're going to be circling this thing for a long exactly.
2: time. I exactly. And in story, if the payoff isn't good, it's not a good story. No. And so the payoff, I like to think backwards from the final product. So for me, I do these bag reviews on YouTube. Yeah. This is like a passion project. So I don't have any schedule with this thing. I just release them when I release them. I make them when I make them. But if I really wanted to make a video, I'd have to go, okay, well, the final step is I've published that video and I sent out the tweet about it. That's it. That's it. So got that's you. the first thing on the list. Literally, you
0: just write that. That's I just it. That's write the
2: that. In fact, that's like the name of the task. We
0: call it at story brand. We call it putting the ball in the end zone.
2: Yeah, that it's is like exactly. That, you got a picture the ball going. What does it mean to actually get the ball exactly. in the end zone? There's no
0: points. There yeah. are no
2: points until that happens. And if I was really sort of a judo person about this, I would go like, "How would that feel?" And get into all that. But I don't. I just write that, and I go like, "What needs to happen before that?" Well, the video needs to be edited. What needs to happen before that? Well, I need to have a, I, I make a custom music track for each one of them. So I need to have the music put together. And what needs to happen before that? Well, I need to have a, I, I the video actually recorded. What needs to happen before that? Well, I have to have the lighting set up and I have to have the audio set up. What needs to happen before that? Well, I've got to have my like five bits on the bag that I do. You know, I just have to make a piece of paper and I have my little process that I do for each of the bags. I need to do that. And what needs to happen before that? Well, I need to pick a bag. Well, which bag are you going to do? Yeah, and there you go. Guess what I need to do now? Yeah, Take a bag. You're all the way back to the beginning, and it's just so simple, and it's so simple, and, and in a world of notifications and emails coming in, you know, I remember. You know I, what you've done there in your brain, though, is you've paved a sidewalk.
0: Yeah, yeah. You reverse engineered a sidewalk through a confusing field, and now you go, okay, that's where I walk. That's where I walk. Because clarity. You talked about this earlier. Yeah. So much of a lack of motivation is actually a lack yeah. of clarity.
2: Yeah, man. Your yeah. brain is just going. I know we want to do this, but we don't know how. Now this is where motivation comes in. Do I want that? Because right. what I say always, you know like, you're not going to do it. it takes an extraordinary amount of energy over time to be successful. We know this. The trope is 15 years to be an overnight success, right? And it's an extraordinary amount of effort to be successful over time, right? Why would you do that if it's not something that you wanted? Why on earth would you put all that That's time so and energy? so interesting because I'm in? about to
0: go into a meeting with a guy, and we've kind of created this narrative architecture mm. for a big. Deal. I mean, a big, big, huge deal. And it will cost him his life. Wow. If he wants to do it, he will never be the same. Yeah. The big question to leave him with is not like, do you think this plan will work? Do you think, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But if this happens to you, do you think you will have fun? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
0: if he says no, my recommendation is we don't execute the plan
2: because you'll fail.
0: Yeah. Why will you fail? What do you know about that? Because you won't get up in the morning and do it. Yeah. And the first time you get punched in the face, you're going to go down. Everybody had a
2: plan to get punched in the face. That's, yeah. I mean, it's just
0: true. <laughs> it's, this is, it is. This is way more hardship than joy.
2: And that's why I'm making this turn in my life where I'm like a lot more just like heart oriented for that yeah, exact I mean, I reason. I I think there's a strategic... Because I think there's a literally a strategic yeah, a reason, reason why. Because if
0: you want the results, you have to have that.
2: You have to be able to wake up early and do the things and be joyful about it. Like be pumped about it. All
0: right. Ask what lights you up and then ask what's the payoff. Mm. That's the second question. And then third, you actually have to reverse engineer the path, mm-hmm. starting with the climactic scene mm-hmm. in mind, and then fourth, you set your intentions for the day. So now yeah. we're actually breaking this down into: let's
2: move forward. it's, so, it's to seven a.m. Yeah, so I've for, finished my coffee. I've for read me, the I York have Times. a whole process every day that I've just kind of developed now. And it's just. What does it look like? And actually, I've got a free training on this at Fizzle.co/journal. It's a journal. You, you want to see me be a woo woo guy, Don? That's like me being at my like woo wooist Okay. I mean,
0: every ounce of cynicism in me would rise up you, if I saw and, that video. And,
2: yeah, and a lot. Of, and and if you're cynical about it, like that's fine. That's totally fine. But to other people, it's like this is water in the desert. What do you no, mean? I was teasing. I wouldn't yeah. be cynical. Yeah, at Don. All. No, that's okay. I'm used to being bullied around by you. I'm <laughs> kidding. But I need an anchor in my day. I need right. an anchor in my day that's just like a keel on the sailboat, right? It's like, this is the thing that's drawing my line. What's the line? I'm making my sidewalk, as you said before. Right. And I need a moment in my day to do that. And that's what the morning sort of journaling is for me. A little bit of gratitude, a little bit of vision, a little bit of affirmation. I have like a whole thing on affirmations because there's a lot of bad crap about affirmations out right. there. But every once in a while you get one that's good and you're like... <gasps> That kind of takes the breath out of your lungs and it starts shifting these like private secret beliefs you didn't know you had. And then from there, it's just like, what are all the shoulds out there? And how do I shift that from shoulding all over myself to like, I get to do this? (laughs) Yeah. You know? But you actually set the tasks. This is what I'm going to try to do. I mean, I do
0: the same thing every morning too. This is what I need to do today. Yeah. And in order to put something on the plot, Anything that tries to distract me is a giant question mark.
2: Yeah, and some days I miss it. More days than I'd like, I miss it. But what I notice is when I get my heart and my frequencies sort of vibrating a bit with the gratitude and the affirmation stuff, then I look at all the things that I said yesterday I wanted to do, and I see the reverse list of all of those things, and I'm like, Normally I'm feel great about these. Let's try to crush on this thing right here. Let's get that done in a day. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that's been really challenging is getting space from my team to like just feeling like I have like I'm released to do what I need to do. Right. Yeah. So I need those check-ins with my team. We check in every Monday, every Friday. And then we have like a quarterly planning thing. So it's like, it's on the list. I got it approved by these guys. So I'm going forward with it. Well, and I'm then,
0: curious though, at eight AM, are you what does your list look like? You got a piece of paper and you have to set the intentions for the day. You have to yeah. ask what's important. What needs to happen and what do I do next?
2: Yeah, so what I have right now is I have like one page might go through a month or two weeks or something like that where it's like, all right, there's these three fizzle show episodes that we've got to do and I've got my like reverse list on that thing. And then there's this journaling course, which is like my reverse list on that thing. Those are the things that I'm doing. Oh, and gotcha. this one convert kit mini course that we're making. It's like, okay, so those are the things I've got them all reverse sort of things on one piece of paper and I'm just crossing things off as I go.
0: Is there a point? I'm curious because there is this point for me. I literally call it earning my keep. Mm. Where, if I just go, I can do it in two or three hours, actually, in the morning. If I yeah. get in the writing shed by seven, yeah. Yeah. even if I write for an hour. I walk out of the writing yeah. shed going. Everything after yeah. this is icing on the cake because I did the big thing.
2: Do you well, have that? Okay, too? this is the thing. When we did the research on what is like the most important, most common productivity advice that's ever been given, yeah. it's to a T that like the day before you leave the office, write down the two things you have right, to do right, the right. next day. Yep. That like, pass let, yourself the baton. Pass yourself the baton. Right, exactly that thing. And then every day you wake up and like that's me earning my keep. If I do that, yep. then I'm going. So like, which is yes, a great feeling. Yeah. And it really is, especially if those tasks you're stringing together are heading in a direction that you're like, I want this. This feels good to me. Because like we said in the very beginning, if you can't start feeling it now you won't feel it then you're going to be a sad lonely successful person who's like trying to get friends over to play like lawn darts and they're all afraid of you do you you know what i mean because you you have a lawn because you have a because you're like and you didn't get the thing done this morning (laughs) because your wife left you and it's just like yeah you're just like a weirdo it's like i don't know too much success makes someone sort of weird all
0: right you also use as a tool you use trello Yeah, An online software to execute, help your team execute This is how our
2: team plans stuff. And I, I just mentioned this here because it's graphical. It's like you have these columns. What are the ideas we'd like to do? We make a card for each one. Then we have like on deck right now. Like these are the things that we're about to start. These are the ones we've committed to doing this quarter. And then next column is like what's in process right now. And you see the five things that are there and two of them are mine. Right. And then on the far list, it's like what was accomplished. What did we do? And every six months, we go through that list of what was accomplished together, Corbett, yeah. Steph, and I, and we do sort of a postmortem. We just look through each one of them, talk about it. Did we learn anything? Is this something we want to do again? We did a partnership with Story Brand, or who knows what, right? And it's like, was that good? What did we think of that? Like, we did a new, we did two new courses. Did we like that? You know, uh, I mean, what we're talking about, and you can even
0: hear it in this conversation, is sort of the visionary, creative leader mm. is constantly in a contest, I'm not going to say a war because I don't like that metaphor, yeah. but they're in a contest with themselves to get things done mm. because it's not their natural personality to not, do that. It's no. literally hurting cats. No, I have
2: to. literally. I'm literally hurting cats every single day. But the, here's the thing. Unless the ball goes into the end zone, you do not get points yeah. for going 99 yards. And when, you, when all it takes is a little bit of getting that ball in the end zone do for it, you to get yeah. a flavor of it, and then it's like, oh, well, hold on. All right this is a slower energy than I'm used to because I'm very fast. Like, my energy is very fast. Right, I'm right, going, right. But it's also kind of like it's coming from fear and mania. So, yeah. so bringing okay. that down and crossing the end zone can really be a satisfying experience for me. I didn't know that till someone was showing me a process for doing that day in and day out. And
0: I would say to everybody, get your process. Three years ago, I created the, we call it Story brand Productivity Schedule. Yeah. It is a one page that I fill out yeah. every working day and it's amazing yeah. but it clarifies my head at the beginning of the day and it tells me what I need to get done. I don't always get it it's all done. It's so important. But get your process down. If you're the creative visionary leader, if you don't execute, it, there's no points. Yeah. yeah there's fair. no points. If you want to you can get a copy of that at storybrand.com/productivity. Okay, lastly, hmm. you may call it something else, but I call it retain the why. Hmm. And you explained it earlier in our pre-interview conversation that you will do some research almost every week on somebody whose life is being changed by fizzle, somebody who's getting things done, somebody who's seeing their dreams come true, and you'll bring that back to the team. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of this way of, you know, you might even call it throwing giant lumps of coal into the fire. You're mm-hmm. keeping the fire stoked so yeah. the steam engine can keep going. And it happens with you guys, this matters. Mm-hmm. Explain why we need to always retain the why.
2: Well, for me personally, being that like cat herder guy, yeah, right? Yeah, who yeah, I'm yeah. just like, I want to go all over the place. Basically, when I know who my customer is and I know the usefulness of my tool to my customer, the right. value of it, yeah. I get motivated to do things instead of just talk about things or come up with new ideas or whatever, right? So when I sense the impact the transformation you know like story you taught me about story and that story is about a character experiencing the transformation this was the customer experiencing the transformation right
0: right? and that's the beautiful feeling that you get at the end of a movie yeah and to go to your staff and team and say you guys Let's roll the credits here for a second and have that feeling of yeah. gratitude before we start the next story. Freeze it's really frame important. when the character's
2: jumping, you That's know what right. I mean? Like <laughs> the, the Steven Spielberg special. So yeah, that, that to me is, and my process is getting calls with Fizzlers. I just want to hear their voice. I really have to hear their voice. And I ask them just like, I'm just curious. I'm like, so where are you at right now? with your? How do you feel about it? Like scale of one to 10, how do you feel about it? Like what's the biggest challenge right now? And I just right. want to hear from them. They're the experts. Right. They're the expert. And then there's always some time where, where there's some advice that kind of easily and effortlessly flows directly to them. Because doing a business, I wish I could just have these private calls all the time. But it's right. like, who can afford that? You know, my rate is really I, expensive. <laughs> like, I can't <laughs> I believe you are affording me on this podcast right now. Because <laughs> I believe the, it, we, had to, we had to pull some strings. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of retaining the
0: why. Well, on our staff, we have a Slack channel. It's just called Social Proof. Mm. And it's just emails that come in, people on Twitter, people on yeah, Instagram totally. talking about... And to me, it's the heartbeat of the whole Slack system yeah. that we use, you know, with our team. It's my favorite thing is when I see social proof light up and we've got another. Totally. We just have to connect ourselves to the why. Mm-hmm. Chase, thanks for your time today. If you this want to know awesome. more about Fizzle and what they're doing, go to fizzle.co. I also want to reiterate the four points. And there were a lot of points, but again, like herding cats, we'll <laughs> yeah. just, we just caught four of them. <laughs> what lights you up? I mean, I think that's worth meditating on. Yeah. And it may not have a category in the financial institution you know but you've got to figure out how to make as much of it work as possible because that's going to be your happiness your joy it might may cost you your family if you do something that Mm. doesn't light you up Mm. and then i would say the second was reverse engineer the goal Mm. so once you figure out what lights you up set the goal and reverse engineer it to make it happen then set daily motivations. You have to, we call it putting something on the plot. Yeah. So literally like remember the old typewriters where you roll them up yeah, and, very, totally. and yeah. you, you know, you, you wrote yesterday, but today you had to put something on the plot. Mm, you know, put totally. something on the plot, the story doesn't move forward, yeah, totally. like something has to happen here. So you set your daily intentions and then retain the why. Mm. You wanna always remember why this matters, not to you, to other people, because mm-hmm. that's what's really gonna yeah. fuel the fire. How yeah. are you changing lives? Chase, very good stuff. Awesome, man. Thanks yeah. for letting me on, Don. JJ, I thought that was really helpful. Yes. The right, yeah. real
1: practical stuff of just like getting your dream off the ground.
0: Yeah. One thing that makes a lot of sense that Chase talks about that seems obvious, but I actually don't do it very much, is reverse engineering your goals. Yeah. I always start at the beginning and just go, let's just hammer through this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <So we're, laughs> reverse but you have engineering. to have the end destination in mind to yeah. know where you're headed. That's right. Well, a couple things that we mentioned on the interview. One is Fizzle is offering an extended four-week trial just for the listeners of the Building a Story Brand podcast, go to fizzle, fizzle.co, not .com, fizzle.co slash storybrand, and you can get a great four-week trial of everything that Fizzle offers. Also, if you want the Story Brand productivity schedule, that's the schedule that I fill out. It's one-page form that I fill out. Every working day that I credit, I give a large part of the credit to the success of StoryBrand and having finished a couple more books. Just to sitting down in the morning and organizing my thoughts with this one page. It's absolutely free. There's no strings attached. Just go to StoryBrand.com/productivity. StoryBrand.com/productivity, and you can download that one page. And what I would recommend you do is is print it out thirty times. Have thirty of them. Use them for one month. And I promise you. It will be the most productive month of your entire life so far if you just focus every single morning. Storybrand.com slash productivity. JJ Have you ever worn shoes? I have. Then you probably know about Blake McCoskey. Yes. He's next week's guest on the fan podcast. How fun is that? People are like, I love my shoes. I love Tom's shoes. I'm like, who's Tom? And everybody
1: keeps stealing his shoes.
0: (laughs) That's a dad joke (laughs) right That is a real dad (laughs) joke.
1: I gave you the laugh, but only because I'm embarrassed.
0: Well, Blake (laughs) scaled a business up called Tom's Shoes. Unbelievable guy. He has an unbelievable business savvy. He's super humble and he's a super fun interview. And I can't believe we got some time with him he was very kind to give us some time and it's a wonderful conversation you know a lot of people talk about the businesses he started how you scaled the business we talk a little bit about that but i was actually curious about how life changes for a young man in his 30s when he gets successful right i mean how does that change your personal life? so i actually yeah. go and go there a little bit with him anyway he was very gracious in his fun interview i want to play a little clip of my conversation with blake but if you want to hear the whole thing make sure to subscribe to the building a story brand podcast and you'll hear the whole conversation next week. But here's a little clip with my interview with Blake Mikowski.
3: I think there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs, I mean, probably Steve
0: Jobs being the most famous of them that were incredibly controlling, maniacally focused
3: on every detail, and they still find a way to trust to a degree and have scale. So if you really wanna scale and grow your business, it's good for you, both personally and the business, To give other people control of certain things
0: and then have that trust built in. But, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs I know that are still running big businesses that are still, you know, obsessing over all kinds of things that I personally don't think I would ever even think about. All right, so we got that to look yes, forward to. that's going to be cool.
1: We're on crowd to Run. I know. there is some fun ones coming up that I'm not going to say, but I'm Are very we excited. We're not allowed to say yet? No, not yet, but there's coming. Yeah. That is. Can I give fun. a clue? Tim, can I give a clue? I'm looking at Tim, our producer, too. I'm you gonna give say, a clue about one, one. Yeah, I'm going to give a and clue. And I'll give one. a clue about and another. And all, all I'm going to say is shiplap. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Shiplap. That is a great clue. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: hey, I'll do the clue for the other one. Okay, Launches intercontinental ballistic missiles over Japan into no. the sea. No. no,
1: no, no, that's
0: not true. I thought we scheduled that. No,
1: no, no. Somebody no. at
0: the office is lying to me. Okay, well, keep paying true. attention to the Building a Story Brand podcast because we actually really do have some fantastic conversations coming up. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's new record, Dive Deep, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.